and we say, oh, what are these other jobs? We want to know what all the other jobs are and what all the other areas to focus on would be. And they say, oh, no, we'll tell you that in third year. Yeah. And uh, so that was, we kind of got tired of that pretty quick. We sure did. Yeah. We even like right up in first year and we would ask stuff like, when can we tour studios? When can we like talk to industry professionals? When can we do all these things? And they'd be like, oh, you're going to do that in third year. And I'm like, but in third year, we're almost done. Like we want to know what's out there now so that we can kind of shape our education towards what we want to do because not everyone that takes the animation program wants to be an animator. Welcome to Evening with an Artist, a podcast created by students for students, where animation junkies Jordan and Rich geek out about animation, interview industry professionals, and ask the questions you want answered. I'm Rich, and I love cartoons. I'm Jordan, and I make cartoons. Hey guys, welcome to Evening with an Artist. This hey. is our uh, this is going to be our like first introductory episode where we're going to tell you who we are and why you may or may not care about listening <laughs> to our opinions on things. Uh, and, and why we do this podcast because that's important. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) I'm Rich and of course that's Jordan. And as you've just heard, we are animation junkies. I certainly do love animation. I have always loved animation. I mean, since I was a kid, like I, I grew up in the eighties, nineties when, in my opinion, animation was the best then. Yeah. Now, obviously in everyone else's opinion, animation was the best when they were like eight yeah. or, or six to eight. <laughs> um, and that's totally fair. I, I always loved animation and I always wanted to be doing cartoons. You know, I was one of those kids with the sketchbook all the time. Like I'd go out for recess at school and I'd have my sketchbook and other kids would be playing and I'd be sitting against the wall, you know, drawing dumb pictures which was great and 90 percent of you are probably in the same boat you know great cartoons all around me all the time ninja turtles he-man thundercats real ghostbusters care bears um oh, care bears. those those were the things that raised me wonderful world of disney would play disney movies every sunday night on cbc like you know they don't do that anymore i guess they have them on demand now so you can yeah. watch them all the time but back then we got them every Sunday, and we got to watch what they told us to watch. Back then, before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the caveman times yeah. that I grew up in. When they decided when you watch stuff, yeah. you didn't decide. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I wanted to be an animator since I was aware of like what animation was, and that people actually made these things, and they didn't just exist in a different world, like Roger Rabbit would have us believe. I, uh, I was fortunate when I was you know young in high school... Uh, I was fortunate that, like, my dad would be taking me to, like, the uh, Ottawa International Animation Festival so I could see a lot of, like, cool up-and-coming things. And I would always go to all the tables and ask all the different schools, all the animators, like, what does it take to be an animator? Like, how can I be an animator? I want to be an animator so bad. And they were basically like, you have to draw all the time. And if you have five minutes at a bus stop and like you aren't spending that time drawing, then obviously you don't want to be an animator. So you should just take your own life or something. (laughs) That was always that kind of vibe that you would get when you talk to animators back then. I think it's different now. But back then they all kind of had the same thing to say, Mm -hmm. which was like drill yourself until your fingers are bleeding and then like use your blood uh, (laughs) to keep animating. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, so eventually I, I just kind of 
slowly gave up on it. And, you know, yeah, life happens and, and things change and, you know, families get divorced and eventually all I was ever drawing was like pictures of cartoon mushrooms smoking joints. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't think this is going to get me anywhere. So I stopped, dropped out of high school and just went into full-time work in the food service for like the next 15 years where I met Jordan working at, <laughs> uh, at Dairy Queen. Good old Dairy Queen. A long time ago. Long I think ago. it's at least it's well it's at least ten years ago. It's at least it's ten like years ago. Maybe fifteen years ago. Maybe yeah. Cause yeah. school is yeah. Maybe twelve, thirteen, I don't know. But yeah, it's been it's been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then we didn't talk for a while. And then uh Yeah, things happened, we didn't talk for a while. Yeah, and then things happened and then uh we ended up going into animation eventually. Which I think I'll let Jordan tell more of that story. Yeah, sure. Later on. Well, yeah, I guess I'll just start because it's I want to flow this. Okay. So Jordan, after like not talking for about ten years, after not working at Dairy Queen, Jordan reached out to see if I wanted to get coffee, and we went for a coffee, and she let me know that she's going into this pre-animation program, which did not exist when I was in high school trying to figure out how to get into animation. And this pre-animation program is basically a portfolio development program to get you into animation. And I was like, well, that's crazy. I've never heard of this thing. Finally, something accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But I've been working full time for a long time. So Jordan says, you have to take this with me. And I say, ha ha ha. (laughs) Yeah. Jokes. (laughs) Uh, And then I I think I texted her like two days later or something and said, I enrolled. We're going into (laughs) animation. The biggest, uh, one of the biggest shocks of my life. Yeah, lie. mine too, mine too. <laughs> one of. Yeah. There were more to come. So, yeah, so we did that. We we got into the winter intake pre-animation. We started going to Life Drawing Initiative. It was awesome. We were yep. terrible. Yeah, uh, sure were. <laughs> but we we passed that with, with honors mm-hmm. and got into the animation program. We had two weeks of summer in between the two. Yep. Uh, and then over those two weeks, uh, my father got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Um, two weeks later, like right at the start of school, my mother got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. So after the first semester, like I made it through the first semester and then everyone was kind of getting worse. And I talked to the profs and the coordinators and they said, like, you should withdraw from the program. So yeah. I withdrew from the program temporarily to deal with that family dying situation yep. and and no sooner did i withdraw from the program than covid hit and everybody went into lockdown and all the learning went online yeah. and so when i tried to get back into the program a year later going into second semester it was the second semester of a digital program yeah which when i when we were taking it it was all hand drawn and we were barely touching digital by the time we started barely. second semester and they didn't want us um, to like, no it they was just yeah. it was like paper 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 yeah which like so, not necessarily a bad thing but yeah but so suffice it to say for my story uh i didn't i didn't make it through uh <laughs> so now i'm back at work and doing this podcast which is awesome which is awesome yeah and again like you know it's a series of unfortunate events occurred and the program changed so much that like it was in no way accessible, especially because when you withdrew, you went back in the middle of first year, you were in class with all these kids that had been using the programs and stuff and got introduced digitally for the first semester. 
Yeah. And nobody was there to support you. Especially when you hadn't been not doing any being, of that. Uh, in a classroom. Yeah. When, you know, it's, it's a lot more isolating when you're in that environment of like, I'm just home alone. I don't really know how to reach out to people. If there's yeah. someone around, I could say like, hey, can you show me how to do this thing? But, you know. Yeah. You don't want to be the person, like, constantly, like, reaching out to your prof, like, I don't understand how this magic machine works. I know. You know, because they're, like, 60, and they don't understand it either, so. <laughs> It's hard, <clears throat> and, like, you should reach out, and again, but it, it's it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, someone who doesn't like asking for help, it it went poorly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I passed everything except for layout. Oh, like, layout. Come on. But, uh, anyways... And that was it. That was that was how I got here. That's her journey so far. Yeah. Jordan, how did so you far. get here? So I got here very differently. <laughs> I don't have that classic, you know, spent my, the beginning, my whole life drawing kind of story that a lot of kids have when they start this kind of like artistic journey. I did. I was always really creative and I liked drawing in my spare time, but I didn't do it a lot. And I actually had a lot of kind of self-doubt and block around drawing so I kind of didn't really do it because I was so worried about doing things poorly however I did always love cartoons um I was a Disney kid I I didn't have cable and stuff like that like I didn't really have any tv channels growing up for the most part especially when we lived in the country couldn't get like anything so I would watch and rewatch my VHS Disney movies like over and over all the time so I was best just, way that's wear out those tape heads i just <laughs> wore my tapes down to yeah but the, it was great and i mean disney movies are they were amazing they were a great thing to to see and start up I've, i definitely feel like i've missed out on, on a lot of nostalgia from other things but either way that's how i got into animation that's what i loved now growing up though i didn't ever consider that's something that i could do like i knew that people made these things but I never thought that that was a possibility for some random kid in Ottawa that, like, wasn't very good at school. <laughs> yeah. And when I was in school, like, I always tried to do art program stuff, but I had a lot of pressure from, like, my family. Like, oh, like, don't do art. Like, artists are starving and, like, it's not a good idea. You need a job that makes money. And so I ended up, you know, kind of going along school with that mentality, kind of really pushing back that creative side of myself that ended up rolling into so when I went to college I've already taken so I've taken three college programs in total the first program I took was practical nursing which I did from start to finish I even did my CPNRE and passed that but I decided not to work in the nursing industry because it wasn't for me and again it was very like pushed on me not actually something I really wanted to do but I thought it was what I was supposed to do between that and my next degree I went back to Dairy Queen mostly. <laughs> um, I worked with you again for a bit, and then I ended up working as a cake decorator at another Dairy Queen for many, many years. That creative outlet was really good for me, but I wasn't happy there, so I went to, I decided to go back to school again. So I took early childhood education, and that was great. I worked on that for a while, um, but again, it just still wasn't really what I wanted. It wasn't until I met my. My last partner, my ex, who's an animator, when I realized that animators are, are a thing. <laughs> like, it sounds crazy that I didn't ever look And that there know. are animators in Ottawa yeah. and animation studios. And I had no idea. And, like, I never, I guess, 
it just it just felt like a dream that like was silly to even look into and i just never realized that was something i can do and as i got introduced into this world that's right here in ottawa and i was like what do you mean you work on cartoons like you can do that here like what are you talking about? That's and crazy. And they're making Disney shows here. Yeah, they're making Disney shows and Netflix shows and, like, stuff that I would actually watch. So that's really cool. So a few, like, after kind of seeing that world and getting into that and just always been in awe of, like, all of his friends and <laughs> the people that I met and the things that I got to see that they did, I decided to go on ahead and just apply to school and change my career path for a third time. <laughs> yeah. Like Rich said, I looked I looked him back up and we became friends again and went into classes again and You looked me up in the yellow pages? Yeah, in the in the old yellow pages, <laughs> the dusty ones. In the phone book. <laughs> and uh yeah, I since then I've never looked back. So we did like you said we did pre-in together in first year. Um, I stayed in the program and finished my third, my third year just this past summer, which is crazy because part of me feels like the animation program was years ago. And then part of me feels like it didn't even end. You're like an animation <laughs> veteran now. It's kind of crazy, um, that it's going to be, you know, like it's more than six months, months since. Something? Is it more than six months? I think it's, yeah, a little more than six months since I graduated or about six months since I graduated. The animation program is... Uh, intense. It's really, really hard. <laughs> I totally recommend it if it's something you want to do, but just don't take it lightly. It, w- it wasn't easy. Yeah. And I was lucky enough in my third year, I was able to get an, inter- an internship at Mercury Filmworks, which is where I currently work. So I did an internship there during my final semester, which I highly recommend getting an internship rather than staying in classes because it's just so much more rewarding and you learn so much more being on the job. And there's a lot less of that, like, on-the-job pressure, just because you're an intern and that's that's your job is to learn. And, uh, but yeah, and then I got hired after that, and it's been, it's been incredible, and I love it. And just to clarify, I'm a 2D junior animator, currently. Right. Yeah. Doing the drawings and stuff. Doing the stuff. Not really drawing. Not really drawing. <laughs> oh, I draw, I draw a little. You learn, you learn about the industry. When you get in, once you're animating, it really depends on where you work and what you're working on, how much drawing actually happens. Very little, only if you're, like, missing a specific asset, like a yeah. hand at the right angle or something. Yeah, I draw, like, certain things. Now let's backpedal a little bit. Yes. And talk about why we wanted to do this podcast That's right. when we were in pre-an. That's I guess right. we didn't really want to when we were in pre-an, but, like, the seeds were planted. The seeds were planted. Out of frustration and neglect. Ex- exactly. <laughs> So essentially, Evening with an Artist, it started as not a podcast at all, really. It sort of followed the same parameters, but basically what happened is in Prian in first year, you and I were really frustrated with the things that we weren't learning that we knew were out there. Yeah. We wanted to talk to people that were currently working in the industry. We wanted to understand what all the positions were in the industry, which, spoiler alert, there's a lot of them. Yes. And there's still a lot that I probably don't know. And it's one of those, like, when you start pre-an or drawing foundations or whatever they're calling it right now, they start telling you right away that, you know, the animation program will focus on animation and layout, but there's a whole umbrella of jobs in there. You can get any kind of different jobs all in animation. 
and then we would say, well, what are these jobs? Like, you know, can you give us a breakdown? And I know they'll, they'll tell you that stuff later. Yeah. They'll tell you that in the animation program, what the other jobs are. And, uh, and then we get into the animation program and, uh, and we say, oh, what are these other jobs? We want to know what all the other jobs are and what all the other areas to focus on would be. And they say, oh no, we'll tell you that in third year. Yeah. And, uh, so that was, we kind of got tired of that pretty quick. We sure did. Yeah. Even like right up in first year and we would ask stuff like, when can we tour studios? When can we like talk to industry professionals? When can we do all these things? And they'd be like, oh, you're going to do that in third year. And I'm like, but in third year, we're almost done. Like we want to know what's out there now so that we can kind of shape our education towards what we want to do. Because not everyone that takes the animation program wants to be an animator. Yeah. There are layout artists. There are FX artists. There are all kinds of different things you can do in the industry. You don't have to start as an animator. Yeah. You can. There's no nothing saying that you can't switch around later on. I don't know. It was just, it was so closed-minded, everything. Yeah. Everything was very closed off. Like, there's comps, and there's builds, and there's all kinds of things in the animation program. Like, they weren't even touching things like builds, because they're teaching you everything at that time on paper, so builds aren't a thing. You just Mm -hmm. know how to draw in 3D, but then you get into a studio, and you're using these rigs that are all, like, built and coordinated with you know, pivot points everywhere and, and you got to yeah. know how to make everything work and turn and how to like switch pieces out for different pieces, you know, yeah. facing a different direction, like stuff like that. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of learning curve yeah. that they did not have worked into the the program. That's right. At the time. At the time. Things, we things are changing and some yeah. like silver lining to how the program changed to online is that They've changed kind of the basis of the program um, so that there is more learning. They're starting to get more into, like, the other things. Um, It just didn't happen for us. Yeah. And so what happened is a friend of mine um, who was an animator, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I have all of these questions. Like, Rich and I have all these questions that we want answers to that you might have. Can we have a video chat conversation with you? So that we can, like, essentially interview you and get all these questions answered. And live stream it out to all our classmates. Exactly. And then it turned out, I was like, oh, well, I have all these people that are going to have the same questions. Can they join us? And it ended up becoming this whole night where I live streamed this interview with this animator. And a bunch of students got a bunch of information and all of their questions answered. People got to submit their own questions. Probably like two or three hour interview. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was good. And we're talking like literally he had his phone open and was talking at home. Like we're not talking amazing quality or anything like yeah. that, but like we just, we did what we could yeah. the time that we had. Um, and for a bunch of first years to be able to just pick the brain of uh, the studio animator yeah. through his cell phone camera, like <laughs> yeah. it was... Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. It was great. And after that, we just, we had such a great time and we were so inspired and I was like, okay, well that was an animator, but what about the people in our class that want to hear from a layout artist and things like that? And so we ended up, I found another friend because luckily I knew a few people back then and... If you don't know anybody anymore, <laughs> but you knew people back then. I found another person and we did another thing. We got a layout artist. We got a storyboard artist. Yep. We got an effects artist. Yeah. It was so great. And it just, 
we kept getting more and more guests and it kind of got bigger and bigger. More people were listening in. Sort of near the end of this, we were like, this needs, this is becoming, you know, a real thing and we want to keep, we want to keep going. And so we decided to start actually recording things and putting stuff together. We had some hiccups. We had some hiccups, a lot of tech issues along the way. We were self-taught. We were also in full-time school and both of us had a, like jobs outside of school. Like it was, we were very busy. Yeah. And it should be noted that to this day, we are still being self-taught. Yeah. (laughs) Still have full-time jobs, but we, we do our best and like we've learned a lot along the way and eventually have now turned it into an actual podcast. That hopefully people will enjoy. (laughs) So essentially what we hope that you get out of listening to us is if you are a student and you want to learn about the industry, uh, we are going to have guests on it that talk about the industry. We're going to talk about our personal experiences. I'll talk about my experiences in the industry. And if you're just generally interested in in animation and you want to listen to stuff while you study, while you draw, whatever, we're going to do show reviews. We're going to talk about industry news. And as always, when we do our interviews, we are going to be asking the questions that you want answered. So if exactly. you have questions, just send them to us. Yeah, and, let us know. Uh, and we will get them worked into our question list That's for right. each, uh, each interviewee that we do. We're, we're here for you, and we, we want to, you know, help get you inspired and excited to either be a part of the industry or even just to learn more about it if you're just interested in the industry. You don't have to be a student to listen to this podcast, but that's where we started. But sometimes we just want to geek out about cartoons. That's right. (laughs) Hey, Jordan. Hey, Rich. Here's an aside question. Who's your favorite animator of all time? My favorite animator of all time? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because I would guess... And it wouldn't be the guess that I would think you would think I would guess. Really? Yeah. That's a tough one because you know how bad I am with names. Right. I mean, there's always been, like, Glenn Keane. Glenn Keane? Yeah. Yeah. Who's, like, a very famous Disney animator and stuff, but... Glenn Keane did Beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did Beast and Beauty and the Beast. Like, he's done some amazing stuff. Through all of school, all we were shown is, like, Glenn Keane hands and all of that stuff. And, and see, this is what I would guess for you was Milk Call. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Milk Call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those hands. Is that the right answer? I don't know. No, that is the right answer. Okay. You're right. See, I would think that you would assume that I would guess Miyazaki. That's but... true. Who's your favorite animator, Rich? Well, I know it's probably not going to surprise you when I say Chuck Jones. Yeah. <laughs> because I love Chuck Jones. Not a surprise, but no. makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he did some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, really refined a lot of the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes characters mm-hmm. and made them more, I guess, relatable? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he really worked a lot of a lot of more acting into those slapstick cartoons. And I appreciate that. And of course he did the Grinch. Of so, course. Of course. That's, Which is amazing. Can't glaze over that gem. No, you can't. Yeah. It's amazing. So that, that would be mine. Okay. I would say. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm down with that. And there's a lot of Disney guys who are great. I can't deny milk calls, beautiful hands. I know. But I mean, there's so many of them that all like work overlapping each other. Yeah. You know, there, there there could be a string of names who are all, like, just as good in different tiny respects. Mm-hmm. 
And it's funny, too, because I feel like my perspective has changed because now that I'm in the industry, I think about my literal coworkers whose, like, sh- scenes I will stalk on our program and I'll be like, oh, that was really cool. Who did this one? And I'll be like, oh, it's this person. I'm going to go. It's my friend sitting right beside I'm me. I'm going to go look at their the other scenes they did recently and I'm like, oh, my God, it's so good. I love that so much how they did that. And then uh... I, like, go through and I watch. Like, so it's. The things I've been thinking about lately about specifically to, like, all the good animators, it's literally been people that I work with. In your direct bubble. In my direct bubble, rather than, like, thinking about, you know, the classic stuff that I would have, you know, dreamed about when I was studying or stuff like that. Yeah. Which is cool. It's a cool perspective to have. Yeah, that Um, is cool. And I won't name any names, but... No, they're all good. But uh, (laughs) I I work with some pretty cool people, too, so... Hopefully at one point we'll have some of them on the show, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jordan. Hey. What are your top three favorite cartoon characters of all time? Oh my gosh. You're killing me. Sophie's choice. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Sophie only got to choose one. Okay. You get three. I get three. You're right. Okay. This is really hard. All right. We'll do this, but I'm going to preface this by saying this could definitely change. Because I think as I watch things, I'll think of new people and there's going to be characters I don't think about or I yeah. forgot about. But I'm like, oh, wait, no, but them. Oh, wait, always. no, but them. Tastes change and new things come up and memories are not always as good as we think they are. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do one and then you do one. Okay. Okay. So. In no particular order. In no particular order. I'll start with Mulan. Love Mulan. Mulan is a, real, it's a great film. Badass. Uh, I was obsessed with her character and her her feelings of like isolation and feeling different from her family and everyone else essentially very much resonated with that. Yeah. And also just kind of like her fight against like expectations of femininity and stuff that really resonated with me as well as a kid because I was Were you kind of like tomboyish? I was kind of tomboy. Like I don't know. I've and I mean I still struggle with with this because I think that there's parts of me that are really go both ways but as a kid i really had a hard time with that yeah like because i never i was like never wanted to be a girly girl i always wanted to be more tomboy and like the music in it is amazing and the animation is amazing so i'm gonna say mulan that was one of my big ones my class one of my big classics respectable yeah respect mulan yeah how about you she's cool uh, well, I am not going to surprise anybody when I say Daffy Duck. Yeah. Specifically Chuck Jones era Daffy Duck. Yeah. I actually, I got like, I follow like a Looney Tunes like Reddit page. Nice. Was one of the questions was like, what do you prefer? Like original, like zany slapstick Daffy Duck or like Chuck Jones era Daffy Duck? I'm like, that's a good question. It should be obvious. Yeah. But, <laughs> but for me, Chuck Jones era Daffy Duck is the best. Like, he's he's so great. He's so narcissistic, you know. Him and Bugs are, like, best friends and, like, worst enemies all at the same time. <laughs> like, it's... Kind of like you and me. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Can you do a Daffy Duck voice? No. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> all right. You, you don't enough. want me spitting all over the table. <laughs> but that was good. Good okay. effort. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd surprise me, uh, so, but that's fine. So... Okay. Next on your list. Okay, next on my list. In no particular order. In no particular order is The Grinch. From the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, narrated by Boris Karloff, very important. 
Not the weird Not the second weird... version that came out of yeah. the same cartoon narrated by somebody else. I don't else know if I will reach no anybody out there that has had similar feelings as I have and who scoured garage sales for years looking for extra copies of How the Grinch Stole Christmas on VHS, the original narrated by Boris Karloff, and then happened upon a copy narrated by someone else. <laughs> I, this is like and so it was, shocking. To it me. was it was so wrong, <laughs> and it was it it, ugh, it was an abomination. Did he sound even close? It was like you would watch it and you were like, something's wrong, and then like the more you watch, you're like, who? Wait, who is this guy? Something. Something is horribly, horribly wrong. And then you pick up the VHS cover and you're looking at it and you're like who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember the, the guy because I'm pretty sure I burned the copy or something. You know what? He doesn't matter. It <laughs> doesn't matter. But the Grinch. The Grinch. He was like my favorite character. character. I watched that film every Christmas. It's a big part of my childhood. And I was obsessed with the Grinch and I loved his cynicism and his general grumpiness. And I loved when like, you know, that mischievous, like, crazy smile yeah. he does. And, the, like, how they animated that. And it was just so great. Flowy and beautiful and, and like, hideous. Could and... you imagine when they were, like, if I got a scene and they were like, okay, this is, like, 400 frames. You're just animating him smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been so hard. This um, gets bigger and bigger. And when you think it's big enough, double it. Yeah. And then make, like, his hair do a little, like, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna smile right up through the tips of his hair. Yeah. 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 That was beautiful. Yeah. Chuck Jones masterpiece yeah. for sure. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. What's your next one? Uh so I'm gonna list number two. Uh obviously as someone who grew up with the Ninja Turtles, my number two favorite cartoon character of all time is Raphael. Mm -hmm. The red ninja turtle, for the people who don't know. <laughs> but not nineteen eighties cartoon Raphael. Uh, I'm going with the 2000s cartoon, Raphael. Interesting. Uh, it was a lot more, like, angry and badass, <laughs> more like the original movie. Right. In the 80s, it was all, like, kid stuff. It was mm -hmm. very, you know, cartoony, and he was, like, kind of had attitude, but, like, not really. Yeah. But, yeah, then, then when the 2000s cartoon came out, that Raphael, he was a... I have a question. In what particular timeline of the ninja turtles was the pizza melty cheese pull apartiness animated the best was there ever a part where you were like oh yeah that pizza looks good oh yeah, it probably would still be the 80s cartoon still be the 80s cartoon yeah. that's when the pizza i was think like its uh, i mean i've never thought about this <laughs> so i haven't focused super intently on the cheesy stringiness of the pizza but I'm going to say in the 2000s cartoon, they were probably like really streamlining the pizza, mm -hmm. not focusing on it as Talks much as in the 80s cartoon, right. you know, when you just see that like top down view of the pizza and yeah. all the little three fingered hands going in to grab a slice yeah. and it's all pulling <laughs> it's all apart. And... Yeah. Because <laughs> when I think Ninja Turtles, I think like, I just think literally of, like, the that pizza that's all you think about. <laughs> and again, yeah. just because like, unfortunately, I didn't really grow up with them because I, yeah. I didn't get to see them. Very, very yeah. frequently. It it's, would be at like a It's a tragedy house. because it was the greatest thing in the world. And I have a bunch of seasons and I watch it now and I'm like, this is god awful crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gotta... really bad. But uh, but it's, it was my entire childhood. So yeah. like, I love it. 
so dearly. See, and that's how I feel about what would have been one of my choices, but I took it off. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't so know if we've discussed this. So I really, really wanted to pick something like I didn't want to pick all Disney and stuff, but also I just I really wanted to pick like I was like, well, what? Like what, what did I watch you? most of a kid? Yeah, what made me? And I would be like, oh, that's Sailor Moon. I was like obsessed with Sailor Moon as a kid. That was like my first animated show series that I would like. I would always like hope was on. I would watch it when I could. Again, like as I could because I didn't really have a lot of TV when I was a kid. But it was great. It was so great and it was amazing was. and I like was obsessed with Tuxedo Mask. I had a huge crush on Tuxedo Mask. That was like the first time I felt love. <laughs> <laughs> Your true love. My true love was Terry. I don't know what it was being. Um, and then, but then I watched it as an adult and I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is not the same. Just because, like, the main character, like, um, Sailor Moon, Usagi, she was, she's annoying, and, like, you realize that the whole thing I mean, is that, like... I only like, know her as Serena, because I'm American. I know. But, like, you you watch it, and you realize the whole thing is, like, her, she's being all insecure and stuff, which, like, is totally fair for her age and stuff, but then, you know, then an enemy comes, and she's like, okay, we gotta go fight the enemy, and her and her Sailor Scouts go get the enemy, and all the other Sailor Scouts, even though they're way more awesome than she is they all get pummeled and they're all and then she gets pummeled at the end and she's laying there and she's like giving up and she hasn't really tried to fight yet or anything but she's just giving up and then tuxedo mask comes in and he throws a rose and it cuts a slit in the enemy and falls to the ground and it's like poof and they're like oh my god tuxedo mask is here and he's like don't worry, Sailor Moon. I know you could do this. And he doesn't do anything. He just comes and peps <laughs> he her up. Throws he's the just, rose. He just throws the rose and he gives her a pep talk. And she's like, or the funniest part is he reminds her what weapon she has. And he's like, Use your moon scepter. Use your, use your, yeah. He's like, Sailor, your moon scepter. She's like, Oh, right. She literally says, like, Oh, right. And then she takes it I and forgot she, about this thing she in destroys my the enemy and then it's over. And that's every single episode most of the time. It's beautiful. But, you know, it's so I didn't pick. So that was a long-winded way to say I didn't pick Sailor Moon <laughs> as my I third like one. It. It's like, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so not Sailor Moon. So not Sailor Moon. So what is your number three that okay. makes the cut? Okay. So my number three, which might surprise some people, is from probably my, if I had to pick a favorite Disney movie, it's The Sword in the Stone. And so it's obviously going to be Merlin from The Sword of the Stone. Fantastic. And from those of you who have seen Sword of the Stone, awesome. There's probably a lot of you that haven't because it's a very old classic Disney movie. If you do watch it, I'm not even going to tell you. If you watch it now, you probably might not like it. It's not necessarily amazing, but for some reason I... But look at those hands. Oh, God, oh. those hands. Like Merlin's hands and he's doing the stuff with his hands and he's always gesturing and like he's got his... He's such a cute outfit and his long beard and his beard's always getting stuck and stuff and then like he pulls on it and it gets all frizzy <laughs> it's just so fun i just love that movie so much and there's an owl in it and i'm like obsessed with owls and he's super grumpy and then there's also um a witch in it later and she's really sassy and mean and like marvelous madam mim yeah marvelous mad madam mim i just love that movie so much and also i just think it's beautiful it was beautifully animated and and it's just gorgeous it is gorgeous. Yeah. And like you never, it's, 
Like, like it's kind of like a lot of anymore. a lot of kind of like muted colors, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just kind of set in like medieval times. So there's a yes. lot of kind of like just kind of dark blues and like backgrounds and like rays yeah. and like it. It's not pretty, but it's pretty. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, old Disney classics. You gotta it's go. beautiful, like 101 Dalmatians is beautiful. Even though it's all scritchy-scratchy the entire way through and they never bothered to clean it up, and that's yeah. just what gives it all its charm. Exactly. Yes. Love 101 Dalmatians, yeah. one of my all-time faves. Yeah. However, not one of my favorite characters no. because all the dogs are just the same. Yeah, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, it's the Even the story itself for 101 Dalmatians, it's not something that's ever really hooked me. It didn't even hook me as a kid that much. Yeah. It was, But it was just... It's just beautiful. It is yeah, it's such a pretty movie. And you can appreciate it for that now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I love it for that. Yeah. So my Yours, my yeah, final top three favorite cartoon character of all oh, time. Oh, oh, oh. That's good sound effects. <laughs> also Disney classic is Disney's Robin Hood. Yes. Um that little foxy Robin dude is <laughs> so great. Like this is one of my favorite movies of all time love robin like he's like the best i've always had a weird robin hood thing disney's robin hood is like he's he's definitely up there for me one of my all-time faves you know and like fully selfless like you know some Mm -hmm. of the robin hoods are like a little more selfish in their motivations sometimes um this one was just the best like he was absolute like 100 percent hero yeah um and he was great and him and little john they had a great you know banter rapport going back and forth through the whole movie they're like buddy thing yeah like it was good disney's fox robin hood all the way that's good and it's a good film i it's funny because i saw that more i don't even think i I think that's one of the few disney classics i didn't see as a kid yeah yeah and i saw it more as an adult and i i do like it i just don't have that like any nostalgia yeah i don't have the nostalgia for it unfortunately but i can see it's it's good and it's beautifully animated i mean i was like me with aristocats like i didn't see that until i was Mm. grown yeah that can be kind of boring if you don't if you only see it as an adult yeah and if you don't care about cats then like you should really you know it's mostly for me i just love the like the butler (laughs) in the aristocats he's great yeah he is good (laughs) the little evil butler (laughs) Um, he's so great but uh, and we're going to wrap it up anyways. Yeah. This this is us and who we are yeah. and what we do and exactly. why we do it. All this to know. say is like, all we want is to, for you to get out of a, this podcast is we want you to be inspired. If you have any interest in animation whatsoever, I think you'll, you'll find it interesting. We're going to do guest speakers. We're going to have reviews. We're going to do news and events, what you've been watching. There's lots of stuff coming. And uh yeah, we and, hope you enjoy it. And we always want you to give us any ideas that yes, you might please. have if you want us to do a certain topic. And hey, if you are someone who is currently working in the industry in any sense under the animation umbrella and you want to be on the show, send us an email. Let us know. 100%. We would love to have people reaching out to do these things. Absolutely. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Because that's really what we are dying to hear the things that you have to say. That's right. All Uh, right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you soon. It's been a slice. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening. If you have as much fun with these episodes as we have making them, consider following us on Instagram and Twitter at Evening with an Artist. Get up-to-date news on future events, episodes, and more. 
You can also check out our website, eveningwithanartist.com, for a look at previous recordings, interviewees, news, and upcoming shows. We would love to hear from you, so send us a DM on Instagram or email us at jordanandrich at eveningwithanartist.com. Don't forget to join our community on Discord and see where it all started. Here, you can chat with other members and submit your interview questions. Did you enjoy the music? All the tunes on our podcast were created by our music man, Dougal Dawson. To learn more about Dougal and listen to an uncut version of the Iwa tunes, you can find him on our website. If you'd like to support the show, visit the donation page on our website, linked throughout all our social media, to help fund equipment, production, and guest speakers. Until next time. I've been Rich. I've been Jordan. And this has been Evening Evening with with an Artist. Artist.